Welcome to See It or Shove It. I'm your host, Greg, and I'm here again this week to give you my thoughts on the selection of new movies playing in theaters and streaming on your TV. Also this week, I recap the Emmy Awards in the segment Binge It or Singe It. For our featured movies this week, Tom Hanks builds a magical puppet in Pinocchio, guests at an Airbnb make a terrifying discovery in Barbarian, and we go back in time for a battle in Medieval. Let's get started. One night, a lonely widowed woodcarver creates a marionette in the image of his deceased son. What follows is a journey into fantasy and imagination. This is Pinocchio. Everybody who's anybody wants to be a somebody. But I want to be real. Why on earth would you want to be real when you can be famous? In the latest version of the classic tale, Academy Award-winning director Robert Zemeckis reteams with his Forrest Gump star, two-time Oscar winner Tom Hanks, to create an updated retelling. Hanks plays Geppetto, who is grieving his son by recreating a puppet in his image, who he names Pinocchio. One night, he wishes upon a star, which brings Pinocchio a visit by both the Blue Fairy, played by Oscar nominee and Tony winner Cynthia Erivo, as well as his conscience, Jiminy Cricket, voiced by the great Joseph Gordon-Levitt. When Geppetto wakes the next morning, he's ecstatic to find that his wish has come true and Pinocchio is now alive. Eventually, he sends Pinocchio to school, where he is distracted by a con artist, Fox, Honest John, and his cat partner, Gideon, which sends Pinocchio down a path of danger and peril. Will Pinocchio survive all the traps thrown at him, or will he end up as mulch? I give this film a... Shove it. This was shocking to me. As people who know me know, I pretty much love all things Disney. And the talent behind this alone indicated to me that this was probably going to be a slam dunk. Zemeckis, Hanks, Arrivo, Gordon Levitt, as well as the usually great Keegan-Michael Key and Oscar nominee Lorraine Bracco. But instead of being a slam dunk, it's a huge airball. The script was weak, the special effects weren't great, the new songs were not memorable. And most surprising, Tom Hanks seemed to be phoning it in. He was so unusually bad in this role, which is a shame considering the fully committed performance he gave a few months ago in Elvis. The whole thing just seemed off. And it's a misfire, and maybe it would have played better in the theater with quality sound and on the big screen, but Disney continues to be greedy and insist on releasing things directly to their streaming service, so I'll never know. Anyway, this Pinocchio needs his next stop to be the wood chipper. Next, a guest checks into an Airbnb only to find things are not what they seem. This is Barbarian. Yeah? This is 476 Barbary, right? Yeah, I'm renting this place. No, I booked it a month ago. Are you sure you have the right place? Yeah. What are we supposed to do? Why don't you come inside? And we'll call these idiots. The film opens with Tess Marshall, played by Georgina Campbell, as she arrives late on a rainy night to a house rental in a remote rundown neighborhood. This house seems well kept among the dilapidated homes surrounding it, and frankly, that would be my first sign to get the hell out of there. But as so many do, she stays. When she approaches the house, she discovers another person has rented the place as well. 
Keith, played by Pennywise himself, Bill Skarsgård, explains that he too has rented this place, and rather than leave, they decide to share the space for the night. In the middle of the night, Tess's bedroom door opens on its own, and strange things begin to happen, including Keith making strange panic sounds in his sleep. The next day, Tess goes on an interview, and while there, she's warned that the neighborhood she's staying in is extremely unsafe. Returning to the house, she is approached by a frantic homeless man who warns her to leave the house immediately. But, again, she doesn't. While looking for toilet paper in the basement, she discovers a hidden door, and when Keith returns to the house, they open the door and venture down the hidden tunnel on the other side. Again, reason number two to get the hell out of there. The two discover an evil force that threatens their lives, and they then begin a perilous journey to escape the danger. I give this film a... Shove it. Frankly, I'm very surprised by the great reviews this film is getting from audiences and critics. To me, it was very disjointed, manic in its tone, and just overall not very interesting. Halfway through the film, the tone shifts with the introduction of Justin Long's character, A.J. Gilbride, And he somehow ends up at the house and gets involved in this mess because he's the owner of the home. And the character of Tess was not very bright. I'm sorry, but one drive down the street where her rental was and I'd be throwing my car in reverse and getting the fuck out of there. Instead, she makes one stupid move after another. Uh, And honestly, I can't stand dealing with stupid people in real life. And I certainly don't enjoy watching them on the big screen. Like I said, many people are enjoying this film, so maybe I'm missing something, but for me, I wouldn't recommend it. So that's two shove-its. Will our next film redeem the week? Let's find out. As feuding brothers battle for control of the throne, a mercenary leader embarks on a kidnapping plot. This is medieval. Catherine is the last chance to help this kingdom. Is the king of France. You must unite Europe. Kidnapping her is the only way. We don't kidnap women. The king's rules are God's rules. It is the 14th century, and Wenceslas IV is king of Bohemia and Roman emperor. The empire under his rule has begun to fall apart when Henry III of Rosenberg keeps seizing properties and towns. In one of the villages lived the family of mercenary Jan Ziska, the future leader of the Hussite army, played by Ben Foster. Rosenberg had most of Ziska's family killed, and now he's out for revenge. To do so, Ziska plots to kidnap Rosenberg's fiancée, Catherine, played by Sophie Lowe. The battle begins to take shape as Catherine and Ziska start to fall in love. Can Ziska keep his eye on the target, or will his affection for Catherine cloud his judgment and knock his revenge plan off track? I give this film a... Shove it. Full disclosure, I think I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but I generally don't enjoy historical epics. I find them laborious and snooze-inducing, and this one was no different for the most part. The fight scenes were pretty good, but the story is not as important or interesting as the filmmakers think it is. There is an air of self-importance that just didn't translate to the screen. 
The performances were all fine, but I just left the theater thinking, who cares? If you like historical epics, you might find this one to be up your alley, but as someone who doesn't generally enjoy historical dramas, it really has to be a hell of a movie to capture my interest, and this one did not. That's it for this week's featured films. To recap, Pinocchio is on Disney Plus now and is a shove-it. Barbarian is in theaters now and is a shove-it. And Medieval is in theaters now and is a shove-it. Not a great week for new movies. Additionally, it's time for my lightning round reviews with some additional movies in my segment called A Quick Picks. The Hulu black comedy Not Okay about a woman desperate for internet stardom is streaming now and is a mild see-it. The French love triangle drama Both Sides of the Blade, starring Academy Award winner Juliette Binoche, is available for rent and is a see-it. And the low-budget Unfavorable Odds is in theaters now and is a huge shove-it. It was just horrid. I've seen better made films from my elementary students. This one has got to go. Let's move on to binge it or singe it. So the Emmys were on Monday night, and as predicted, many of my predictions were wrong. I told you it was nearly impossible to predict this year's ceremony because they were all so good. But here are my final thoughts on what happened on Monday night. I think everyone would agree that the win of the night was Cheryl Lee Ralph for Abbott Elementary. What an acceptance speech she gave, my god. I didn't think she was going to win with buzzier nominees in her category, but it was so deserved after a long career. Plus, she's hilarious on Abbott Elementary, so it was a great win. I'm a little bummed at the lack of love for the great Dope Sick. While I really enjoyed The White Lotus, Dope Sick was just such an important series that some of the wins other than Michael Keaton's well-deserved victory would have brought more attention to this story. I was also bummed when Abbott Elementary didn't take home the top prize for comedy series. Ted Lasso is a really great show, so it's not a bad win, but Abbott just nails the same level of comedy under the restrictive nature of network television and should have been the winner this year, in my opinion. But the Emmys tend not to embrace new series in the big categories, so maybe it'll get its due next year. Overall, I found the ceremony to be dull, and I always get irritated when they don't show the nominees when their category is announced. I like to see the people and their reactions to their wins or losses, so when they omit this, it's less enjoyable for me. I guess I should just be grateful that they they at least showed clips unlike the 2021 Oscars, which was the worst award ceremony I've ever seen in my life, and I've been watching them since the 80s. But for the most part, all the winners were worthy, and it's hard to begrudge any of them. There's a lot of fantastic TV out there, and I encourage you to dive in and discover a new show from this year's roster of winners and nominees. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I'm very grateful. Support your local theaters by going to see some of the movies I reviewed this month, but save yourself and don't go see any of the ones I reviewed this week. And while you're at it, share my podcast with your movie and TV-loving friends and your family. I appreciate all of your support. 
Come back next week when I review the latest movies, and there are eight of them coming to the theater this weekend. I don't know how many I'm going to be able to get to, but it's supposed to be raining all weekend in Florida, so maybe I'll just park myself in the theater for the weekend. Anyway, they do include the action movie from Viola Davis called The Woman King, as well as the star-studded mystery, See How They Run. Until then, have a great week, everyone. Bye. This episode of See It or Shove It was recorded in Orlando, Florida, and is produced by Gregory G. Productions. Music by Mysterio Music. All rights reserved.